and transformation, conversations about race, life, and faith. My name is Ralph Lowe. I am the Director of Justice Ministries here at the Pittsburgh Presbytery, and this is my colleague, Brian Wallace, and I'm the Associate Minister here at Pittsburgh Presbytery. Brian, you're going to read a quote for us, aren't read you? read you Yes. Ohio, Ohio lawmaker asks if colored population is hit hard by coronavirus because they don't wash their hands as well. Mm, mm, mm. So, I'll be honest, when I read that headline, I wanted to throw my phone. Yeah. Simply put, to me, the notion of people of color being dirtier than any other is just appalling. But, upon thinking a little bit further and having a great conversation with my friend here, Brian Wallace, it speaks to a greater uh, ignorance that we may have, which is an unconscious bias. Yeah. Um, so that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. So Ralph, you often use, use the phrase, good-hearted people. I do. And you usually use that phrase to refer to white, often suburbanites, and rural types. Yeah. What do you mean when you say good-hearted people? So I think uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about this, this notion for uh, white churches, uh, white con- all white congregations, most white congregations that have this sense, and even, you know, even more than that, even families and, and people we know uh, who are white, who feel like, I'm a good person, I have a good heart. They are non-racist. Uh, they're right? non-racist. They're non-racist. I don't raise my kids that way, yeah. so. I have black friends. And I'm, so I'm good, yeah. right? So, so you have this sense of, I have a good heart. You know, I'm not that person that says this racist term. You know, I'm not that person that says this racist, has this racist sentiment, so I'm good. We've established, however, that that's not good enough. It's not. It's not, right? So when I say good-hearted, it, it is an opportunity for inaction, right? I'm good-hearted, so I feel like I'm, it's, I'm, what I'm doing now is good enough because I'm yeah. good-hearted. I don't have that sentiment, right? I think... What is important for us to talk about today, though, is how we move out of that good, that feeling of good-heartedness and into an unconscious bias that we may have to move into anti-racist yeah. and anti-racism. But I think, I think in order to talk about unconscious bias, mm-hmm. you, you illustrate a really good principle. That is, you are assuming the best yes. in people. So, so thank you for that, Brian. So yes, it is very hard to do this as a person of color. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm calling on everyone to do this, not just people yeah. of color. In the headline that Brian just read, I'm going to try to assume that this gentleman has an unconscious bias, that he's not a raging racist who actually feels like people of color are dirtier or less valued. Or less right. valued. Right. That's right. Or less value, it's a great way to put it, uh, uh, than, than, than others uh, in this country and in this world. So, in that assumption, I am going to assume he has an unconscious bias. And I think by doing that, I allow myself to enter into the realm of good hearted people who have unconscious bias. I think one of the things that I would point out is like, so you talk about how it's hard for you to assume the best as a person of color. I think where I've seen this in white people is it's hard for us to assume the best 
about, and this is a whole different conversation, but I think it's important to name. Like, you hear unarmed black men killed, killed by police. Mm-hmm. And immediately you start reading the article going, where do they go wrong? Yeah. Right? So it, it's, the, it's yes. the opposite side of the same principle. It is. It right? is. Like, Absolutely. Like, it's so easy to assume the worst yes. about everybody. Yes. We easily could have spent five minutes pillaging this. We could have. And just been like, man, how stupid, how yes. awful. And yes. yet there's something about assuming the best in people. We didn't have to, by the way. I'm sure he got that from me. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Right? But you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's a great, that's a fantastic point. And for me, in that same scenario, I read the beginning headline of which has unarmed black man. Yeah. Okay. And my experiences with authorities dictates how I, how I view that, my, my experience, my lens. So unconscious bias. Unconscious bias. So I would actually say that this is the type of, of, of racism that the majority of white people that I have met have. And specifically, it's unconscious because they don't know it. Correct. It's assumptions that they have, that they've picked up, for whatever reason, that they don't even realize are not true. It's so true. Brian, I, I do want to ask you a question, though. Why, why is that so harmful? when it comes to racial unity? So I think part of the reason that it's so harmful, and I think almost, I want to be careful, almost more harmful than people who are just out and out, like Ku Klux Klan style racism, mm-hmm. is that these are people who don't even realize Correct. it, right? Good hearted. Good hearted. So, so if you want to um, have an example, right? If, if you're walking through the mall, mm-hmm. Right, and you're walking along, and you just don't see this little old lady, and you bump into her and you knock her over. You didn't mean it, right? There wasn't intent, right? right? Whereas if you're engaged in a, like active conflict and you tackle someone to the ground, you you feel way worse yeah. about what you inadvertently destroy, right? absolutely, absolutely, than you do about the things that you that you did consciously because of blind spots. And one of the things, and this applies to all human behavior, someone who spends way too much time on percent assessments and the Enneagram, one of the things we always talk about is shadow side yeah. or blind spot. Right? Like what, what don't you see? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's really uncomfortable for everyone to encounter their blind spots. Yeah. Like when you come face to face with this like tendency of yours. But I think particularly because of race and the dynamics there, it makes it all the more... Um, one, I think it makes people less willing to look because you don't want to be labeled racist. That's right. The big R word. You don't want to get canceled. That's right. Cancel culture. Cancel culture, right? Which we'll and, talk about And we will get to that. Yes. So, but I think that's the really sinister part of it is like, like most of this is the inadvertent racism that white people have just picked up. And I'll be honest, I think suburban living. Yeah. Right? Like I've called, so I've talked about racism rooted in ignorance. Yeah. yeah. Brian, I'm going to take a, a, a hard left here. Yeah. And I'm going to say out loud, Brian, you know what? I don't want to have to worry about what I say out loud. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm a good person. Like, why do I have to worry about that all the time? And, you know, I, I'm not racist, so why do I have to worry about what I say? Political correctness, right? Right? Political why why do I have to be PC yeah. all the time? This is yeah. America. I should be able to. Yeah. Dot, 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 yeah. dot, Brian. And to be honest, I think the, then the answer to that question is simply this. To what authority do you answer? Because 
on the one hand, that's right. You can say, right, free speech laws in this country are pretty generous. Yes, they are. And you can say pretty much anything you want, short of being liable as endangering people, yeah. right? But you can say whatever you want. The thing, I think, for us as Christians is to say, and? There's a lot of things that are legal. That's right. There's a lot of things that we're allowed to do. That's right. That our faith calls us not to. Yeah, faith calls us not to. And so, you know, part of what I think frustrates me is when people say, well, well, racism is a social issue. Right? It's not, no, it, it's like it relates to the command to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And so, just to touch on this briefly, you and I got an email this week. We did. From a 100% well-intended person. We did, right? We did. Who put in a quote that's 100% well-intended and on some level accurate, mm -hmm. right? That said that if race matters, that's racism, mm -hmm. right? And like, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I so get it. Like, that's, that's what we've been taught. If race matters, then that's racism. But in my reply, I said in writing and copied you, mm -hmm. And said, yeah, but if I don't take into account who Ralph is and his experiences, then I'm not loving my brother. Oh, my goodness. And, and, right? I, and first of all, I, I, that was great because, you know, I've gotten 50 of those emails, right? So it was nice for you to reply to that. I appreciate that. But the simplest way, I can, and I think I talked about this earlier in one of, our, one of our videos, is my wife, who is a Pittsburgh public school teacher, was, you know, first of all, we were in a white crowd. I think I talked about this before, but I'm bring it up again. And she mentioned that, and my wife is white, and they said, oh, you know, oh, that's so great that you're, you're in the city and you're teaching those kids. And, you know, she's like, I, and the one woman was like, I, I bet you don't even see color anymore. And you think about this. Yeah. Wife says, I absolutely see, see color. color. Because that brings on certain things for that. I know individually what it could mean for them as a child of color versus a child of not yeah. color. So, um, so, yeah, so you're absolutely right. And yeah. I, would I would love for... Race to not be an issue, that we would live in a world where it's not an yeah. issue. That like yeah. that, that gentleman had had, had sent us an email for, email for, but that's not the world we live in. It's right? not. It's not. It's not. Um, so unless we take the steps to make it into that world, we, we yeah. might as well just yeah yeah. So one of the things that I find all the time is that people say something, and particularly now, mm. people say something that I read, you read, yes. other people read. And let's be honest, it's social media, right? It's Instagram, yes. it's Facebook. Oh, Brian. It's, it's the comment section on the Post-Gazette. I mean, only, only if you're insane do you read the comments on the Post, right? Yes. So let's talk about that, because that's one of the things that, that I think, like I know I struggle with, mm -hmm. is like I see someone who posts something, and there's a like out and out like blatant racist, but that's a whole different category. That's a whole different category. But Sorry. it's people who post stuff from like, ooh. Yeah. Cringy. Yes. It's cringy, that's it. Yes. It's cringy. It's cr it is. So here, here's what I'll say to this, and then I'll, I'll ask you a question, B. So it is, this is how I need, I need to go on vacation. <laughs> so I saw one of these. I mean, you needed to go on vacation for a lot yes, of Yes. But, but it, I saw a cringy post, and I replied directly to the post. Okay. Now, I'll be honest with you, in, the, in that format that I got a reply back, we actually had an exchange and it was positive. 
But part of the name of what we're doing here is awareness and transformation. Yeah. That wasn't a transformative yeah. act that I did, Brian. Okay. So what I should have done, and that's why I'm going to ask you a question, was directly contacted that person if I wanted to reply or comment on their post. This is the world we live in, so we're not, we're not going to shy away from this conversation, yeah. right? Directly comments or talk to that person, and then have a conversation, a dialogue that offers, that's a, that's a more conducive environment for transformation. And then a post that you reply to, and now you're changing right. that person. Yep. And listen, I, I get it. I, sometimes I read them like, how could you even <laughs> repost this? How could you even, right? But I think it speaks to this unconscious bias that we have when we want when we think we're good-hearted and we're, we're progressing the right message, we think, right? But we haven't had the exposure and the experience to know better, right? Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so this is a relatively new thing for me, uh, a new discipline that I'm still really developing. But what actually got me convicted of it was not anything related to race. Mm. But it was people who were posting anti-science mm. stuff, mm. and like anti-science is just like you can post anti-science on your wall, but if you post anti-science on my post, mm -hmm. like you're getting it. Mm -hmm. like no apologies, mm -hmm. like just not. Um, but also realizing like like when you go public with your beef, you're doing a couple things. One, you're immediately putting people on the defensive. Because you've made it public, and you're like, I think this post is ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the like, hey, we're expecting our third child post. Like, you yeah. can hit like and congratulations and be done. Right. 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 <laughs> All right. But I think part of it is also like, like when we look at scripture, and we look at you know, because so much of the gospels is actually aimed at how do we do community well. Yeah. Right. So much of it is like, like these were documents written to early Christians, basically saying, how do we, "Here's what Jesus taught us, and it's how we live, how how we should progress." Yeah. Right. And like Matthew, Matthew 18, I think lays out a really good way, mm -hmm. and it says, "Go to them one on one." Mm -hmm. You know, how are you going to come to me if you know, if you have yeah. you know, brother or sister? Yeah. You know, so 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 much. I think for people who are watching, like like I have tried when I feel convicted that I need to respond to something. I have tried. To message them and say, I saw you posted this. I have some questions, but mostly can you tell me why'd you post this? Mm -hmm. Right? Like what about it rang true for you? Um, because again, it it's the openness, yeah. right? It's the openness. The challenge, I think, is that I am enough conflict avoidant one-to-one -one, mm -hmm. that I'll let them explain it and then not want to keep pushing, mm -hmm. right? So that so that's my challenge. Yeah. Um, which is interesting for me, just to be completely transparent, like when people come at me with like bad science, I have no trouble pushing back. But race is still enough of a touchy yeah. subject for me that it's like, oh, is it worth it? So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Here's what I'll say to that. I mean, I'm just being like, Thank I'm not saying that that's no, no, I it's appreciate science. that. No. It's easier for me to call yes. somebody out for bad science than it, it is, is for, for implicit bias. Yes. And, and what I'll say to that, Brian, and I think you do this, you, at least you try to, I know it's funny, you articulate that it's hard for you, but I think you do this, is you do it anyway. Like you, you, you and then if you don't know, you just simply say, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I think the, the message that we want to present here is that you, you 
you have to take the step to in order to do something. Yes. You know, ignoring it is not going to help. It, it, it's yeah. just not. Um, you know, the example the, the, the example I'll give uh, as far as you know, Facebook and, and, and directly contacting someone, there's a, a wonderful uh, family we've met. We go on vacation every year um, uh, to Virginia Beach, and this wonderful white family, you know, they bring their, their, their grandkids, their kids, you know, it, it, seven years we've been, you know, so we truly love each other. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the main truck of the family posted something that was cringy, very cringy. And so I, I direct messaged her and I just simply expressed my feelings on her post. And her reply right back was, I, I really didn't think about when I re-shared this, I, I didn't read it enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it enough. It just struck something in me and I re-shared it. And it's so, Facebook makes it so easy for you so to do that, right? So easy. So her reply to me was, you know what, I didn't do these three things. I'm going to revisit them and then can we talk again so I can really articulate how I really feel about these feelings. Yeah. I hope this doesn't damage our friendship. And of course I said, our friendship was never in question yeah, yeah. because that's what love is. When you have a relationship with someone, yeah. if it if it's not if you cannot be able to come through that with some disagreement, then you don't have a relationship, yeah. right? Um, so that just speaks to your points. But the, the I think the most important point here is to take that that next step and just have a conversation. Listen, I, that post is really I don't where do you get this information? Why do you feel this way? I think you articulated this already, and then move forward from that because that's the only way we're going to move into this anti-racist yeah. format. Yeah, I mean, because when it comes to implicit bias, it literally is simply things you don't know, yeah. right? It's simply things that you assume. Yeah. It, 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 so it is the good person's racism, yeah. right? It is. Like, you know, like it is the classic thing that moves you from being a non-racist into anti-racist mm-hmm. is, is when you're willing to learn things and assumptions that you've held to be held to be true oh, it is, are just plain false. That's right. That's right. I was I was just talking to someone yesterday. You know, I get a lot of good-hearted mm-hmm. individuals sending me videos dispelling systemic racism, mm-hmm. dispelling um, the original sin of America, and. I, I used to get so angry and just want to, Brian, I did, I, did, if I'm going to be honest, I, I used to just fly off the handle and just, just yell and scream like, educate yourself. Yeah. But now, I just simply say, thank you for sending this to me. I will share some other viewpoints and some other relevant information that disputes the information that was sent to me. Once you've read, listened to, let's have another conversation. Yeah. You know, it is, Brian, it is very hard to do that. So if it's hard for me, I know it's, it can be hard for individuals. But like you said earlier, like you articulated earlier, as Christians, this is exactly what we're called to Absolutely, do. absolutely. Like, like there is no, there, there is no way to live into the commandment to love God and to love oh. others if you're not willing to deal with hard, very pressing realities. That's absolutely true. And for so many of of our people, I think for them, they're like, yeah, but I don't know any black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. There's no black people who live in my community. Mm-hmm. There are black people that live in Allegheny County. There are. 
There are black people that live in the Commonwealth of yeah. Pennsylvania. There are black people that live in the United States. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about being one America and like Fourth of July and one nation, if we believe that stuff, then they are your neighbors, whether you know that, whether you know it or not. Um, and I think the other thing that I would say that here's a great barometer of implicit bias mm. is if you read something or see something that you don't like, and then you go running to find a voice to comfort your now sense of guilt, mm -hmm. that is implicit bias yes. kicking you in the face. That's right. Right. <laughs> it is implicit bias mm -hmm. if, if, and I'll get very specific, yeah. if your first response to police brutality is what about black on black crime, mm -hmm. you are missing the point completely. That's right. Right? That's right. It's classic whataboutism. That's right. Which is, I encounter this thing I don't like, so I'm going to talk That's about this instead. Yep. Change right. the narrative. Yep. Change the narrative. Yep. And like, it is so insidious to be like, compare, because let's be honest, if you compare the number of black men killed by police officers mm -hmm. to the number of black men killed by other black men, we're talking about the rate, population yep. rates, right? Right. Yes. We're talking about Vastly disproportionate. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But I think the key is that our implicit bias comes out when we go, oh, but there's bigger problems mm -hmm. than this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go find something that proves that there's a bigger problem than this. So we don't have to talk about this because this makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. it's, that's absolutely true as well. It, 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 and I think also when we are faced, and I'm going to say we, we are faced with these statements and ideas and Posts from Facebook and all those things, and we, and it, it just it hits a nerve that we've believed forever, yeah. right? That is something that's been ingrained in us from our parents, you know. And I'm not talking some racist ideology no. that is blatantly wrong. I'm talking about the fact that I grew up next to a police officer for 15 years. Yes. He was the nicest, yeah. gentlest, sweetest man. So when you see a phrase like to fund the police, yeah. which you and I talk about in the night. We will, another absolutely. Night, right? you, instantly you go to, you think about that nice Mr. Henry who yeah. lived next door to you, and, and I get that. And uh, trust me, yeah. I do. Yeah. But we, as Christians, we have to fight that impulse. Yeah. Understand it, because that leads to, that is our unconscious bias. It, without question. So, yeah. I think one of the things that is worth closing is that and let's assume the best. Yeah. Where this gets real for you and I are people who are clergy and trained to be clergy. Mm -hmm. Right? And like, all you have to do is go Google youth pastor sex game. Oh. Right? I mean, there are horrid stories yes, there are. out there. And yet, we don't have trouble assuming the best yeah. when in, it comes to in clergy. Yeah. Right? Like most people are like, oh yeah, some clergy are creeps. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, I think, I think the, the challenge in addressing implicit bias mm -hmm. is making sure that you lead with that, assume the best. Mm -hmm. Assume the best. Question, find out. Mm -hmm. But then the follow-through is keep pushing. Keep pushing. Right? Keep pushing. Yes. And I think the ultimate goal has to be, how do we move one step ahead mm -hmm. for this person? But here's the kicker. How do I move one step ahead? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is... And that's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that, you know, I think I'm aware, and then I run into something, and I'm like, oh, that person just doesn't get it. And I started dialogue, and I'm like, oh, well, that's more complicated than I thought. Yes, it is. Yes. That is, that's absolutely true. Um, and I think you said it right. It, it, it's not easy, right? It's, it's not None easy at all. So I, 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 please don't leave uh, 
um, this video and think that this is an easy step, but it, it is not. But it, it is a must when it comes to, to our call as Christians. It, it's a must. Um, you know, as Brian and I sit here and we've, have, we've had a relationship for a long time now, these conversations come easy for us, yes. much, you know, easier. much easier for us than they did a year ago. And, and there's a reason for that because we've come to love each other and respect one another. We don't agree on everything. We do no. not. Okay. And we just got disagreed earlier today on some things. And, and there's still moments where I say stuff and you go, me. <laughs> which is, which is very true. But I mean, but what I know for sure, and this is, this is what we want to close with is that Brian is trying every day to understand to be better and to move in that from one to 10 when it comes to anti-racist and, and just understanding his brothers and sisters of color. He's every day, every minute of every day, he's trying to move and understand and just be a, an advocate of just this racial harmony that we're looking for. Um, and that's what we're asking of all of you who are listening and watching this, just to be that person who understands your role as a Christian in this country to do more and to, and to be more than just a good hearted Christian because we're called to do that. Well said. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. Take care. All right.